Hey friends, welcome back to the Free Trail Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Dylan Bowman, and this week we are releasing some audio from our Good Morning Austin show from last week at the running event, TRE, down there in Austin, Texas. The whole vision of this show was to cover the industry's biggest trade show from sort of a B2B perspective. We wanted to have people from brands in the trail space to not only add personality and humanity to these sometimes anonymous feeling companies, but also to get a boots on the ground picture of what's happening in the industry around product innovation and where trail sits in the greater running ecosystem and economy. Today, we'll release three conversations. The first with Clark Morgan, the director of brand experience at Speedland and Don Reichelt, one of the founding athletes of the brand. The second conversation is with Tim Myers and Larissa Rivers, product manager and marketing lead respectively from Strava. And then we'll finish things up with Monica DeVries, one of the co-founders from Rabbit and one of my personal heroes in the industry. We talk about their respective products, a new messaging feature on Strava. We talk about Monica's entrepreneurial journey, building community. And with all of them, we sort of discuss the trail space more generally. This was admittedly a bit of an experiment for us, a bit different from our typical format. But it was really fun for me, and I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, we'll have timestamps in the show notes here today. So if you do want to skip around between the interviews, please check out the show notes and feel free to do so. A big thank you to Boa Technology for supporting our coverage all week. The amazing fit systems that you see on a lot of trail footwear at this point, including the double dials on every pair of Speedlands. It is scientifically proven that a great fit system enhances performance and there's no better fit system on the planet than Boa. So go to boafit.com to learn more and go check out the brands who are using Boa on their trail shoes at this moment in time. There's a lot of great products out there, Speedland included. Also a reminder, we're getting close to the end of the year. Go vote for Trail Runner of the Year and Trail Performance of the Year. It's our way of remembering and celebrating the 2023 season before it is relegated to the time capsule of trail history. Voting is open for another week at fantasy.freetrail.com. It's open to every single person globally. So go get your picks in again, fantasy.freetrail.com. Make sure you pick 10 deep in Trail Runner of the Year and pick the top five performances of the year for both men and women while you're there. Finally, if you appreciate Free Trail and you want to be part of our vibrant global trail running community, please join Free Trail Pro. Tons of great perks, brand discounts, training plans, group Zoom calls, an electric Slack workspace, and now a welcome gift for every single new annual member. Come check it out. Link in the show notes. We deeply appreciate the support of our members from all over the world. Thank you so much for being here. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. The Free Trail Podcast is presented by the brand new GS Oak from Speedland, the fifth footwear commission from the world's coolest brand. The GS Oak was designed in collaboration with Speedland athlete Liam Lonsdale and also in collaboration with fellow independent running brand Path Projects. The GS Oak features all the great Speedland design considerations you know and love. Double boa fit system, proprietary drop-in midsole, removable carbon plate, 100% beaded HTPU external midsole, Michelin outsole, and all the trademark Speedland quality and durability to help you dominate your local trails. The gorgeous pink, purple, and black colorway might be 
my favorite yet. The GS Oak is made in extremely limited quantities and I can't emphasize that enough. We do anticipate selling out, so get on it now. Pre-order is open at runspeedland.com with delivery scheduled in late December, just in time for Christmas. Runspeedland.com. Use code FREETRAIL10 for 10% off your purchase. Good morning, Austin. It is Thursday, November 30th, I believe at this point, day three of TRE. Everything is blending together here and starting our day here. None other than Clark Morgan, Don Reichelt from Speedland. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Before we get to you, a big thank you to our sponsor, BOA. BOA Fit Systems, BOA Technology, based in Denver, Colorado. The best product on the market. Who ties their shoes in 2023? If you're still tying your shoes, you are living in the past. You gotta get, stuff. Got to get a shoe with some boas. And obviously we've got some here <laughs> to show our viewing audience. And you're definitely going to want to stick around through this video to see some exciting stuff that Clark is going to reveal. But gentlemen, first, good morning. How are we doing? Give us a sense of your TRE experience here in 2023. Clark, you can start. Okay, fair enough. Um, awesome. So nice to be here. I absolutely love this show. I love this industry. I've uh, spent almost a decade coming to this show and my experience has been different every single time and amazing every single time. Mm. And this one, we were talking to so many different groups of people yesterday. It just feels so electric mm. and just on point. People are pumped, stoked to be here. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. It's a huge reunion of people just making great product for athletes. And it's, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. Awesome. Don. Yeah. This is, this is by far my favorite non-running running event of the year. <laughs> uh, it is a big family reunion of the industry. You see the athletes that have crushed it all year. You see the mm -hmm. brands that have made amazing product and they've been working tirelessly to, to help us get faster. And, um, this is the day that my voice usually starts going out because you're just talking to everybody you haven't seen. This is, I think this is my 10th year coming here. Is that um, right? Yeah. So, wow. I've, so I, I've worked in the industry for a long time and now most recently just as an athlete hanging yeah. out and like, it's just, it is the best collection of people in the industry all in one spot. It's just special. Clark and I were just talking about how it seems to be the one trade show still standing mm -hmm. amid, you know, a graveyard of a lot that have it's, had a hard time recovering. It's from evolved, COVID. like yeah. completely evolved. I mean, 10 years ago, it was a, it wasn't a completely different show, but it was, you had retail buyers and you had brands and that was pretty much it. And now it's evolved to a, a more of a media, you have athletes coming and it's, it's stuck with the times. Yeah. So cool. All right, Clark, you're the newest member of the Speedland family here. You're actually an employee of the brand. <laughs> Obviously, people have gotten to know Dave and Kevin over the last couple of years. So sure. maybe introduce yourself to the trail running world a little bit more sure. formally. Tell us what you do for, for Speedland. Sure. Yeah, it's it's an honor to work with them and for this brand for a lot of reasons. I'll go at very high level on a couple of those points, but... Yeah. Uh, it kind of goes back to what I was just saying. They have put athletes first in everything that they've done with this product development. And it is, it's a great shoe. I love the fact that I can speak about it as an athlete, but then also in all the way that it was created and just how intentional every part of it's ever been. Um, so it's a really easy thing to talk about, which is pretty cool. Um, my background, I actually worked with Boa for eight years um, and just absolutely love that team. It's just 
so many things about that place I talk about is a very positive peer pressure mm-hmm. <laughs> atmosphere. I mean, I started running there, started cycling there, started doing triathlons there. I mean, my the tra- trajectory of my life altered for the better just with working with that team. Wow. And um, so we had dinner with the BOA team last night. Nice, awesome people. Nice. Oh, yeah. Such great people. No question. So and to the sort of the joke of who ties their shoes, I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> this is the this is the way to create unbelievable footwear yeah. in my belief. And I did a lot of prototype prototyping back in the day and working with innovation of the teams and then had a chance to work as an external facing person to bring running with Boa to yeah. the running space. And so that's sort of why, you know, the transition over 10 years of coming to the show is just so dynamic yeah. because we were introducing Boa to this group of people 10 mm. years ago, right? So um and it seems to have caught on much more in the trail space than in the road space. You're not seeing any sure. of the, you know, the big performance brands dropping boas on their super shoes yet, but it seems like it's inevitable. It's yeah, I mean, it's totally, totally up to God, the team. God, could you imagine one of those are. road marathon super shoes right. with a boa on it? actually have it connection points. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will leave that to the team. I'm no longer the team, but um, <laughs> at the end of the day, it is scientifically proven by their biomechanics lab that a yeah. better connection to your platform makes you more efficient. So yeah. I'll just shout out, leave that shout there. out to Dan Feeney, Dan Feeney We're, real quick before we get to Don <laughs> and his recent national championship, be a little bit more specific about what you do for the brand now. Cause you've already sure. made a, a pretty big impact in just a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, and I'll just say quickly. So after eight years at Boa, I spent three years at Carbotex, which is the brand that we use as the carbon fiber plates in the shoe. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty easy way of kind of talking about what I do. So so I'm director of brand experience, so really anything that's external facing. Um, worked on starting an ambassador team, which we've got going, just rad folks that yep. are so stoked on the brand, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Um, but also any sort of external event planning. I'm literally going to the airport immediately after this conversation, flying to Arizona. We're sponsoring the McDowell Mountain Frenzy down there with Airbypa. Yep. Um, so that's sort of within that as well. Um, also starting a little bit more of a local backyard vibe in Portland. So group runs and just hanging out with all the folks in the trail culture there, which has been an absolute honor. Yeah, I won't go too deep into that, but I absolutely love trail running in Portland. Yeah. It is awesome. So you're sort of the so. community builder now. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, it's pretty exactly great. Right. Yeah. Don, dude, you were one of the founding athletes for Speedland yeah, a couple dude. years ago. It's almost three years. It'll almost be three, three years, years. and April. I know you've become close with uh, the founders, Dave Dombrow and Kevin Fallon. Maybe it's whatever you want to say about your three-year history engaging with the brand and seeing how far it's come. Yeah, it's, it was wild. Looking back a little over three years ago, we had our first conversation on the phone and they flew out and stayed at my house up in the middle of nowhere in fair play. And they just had <laughs> like bits and pieces of a shoe. And they sold me on the idea of they're building a brand that is going to be athlete centric and like my word, your word, Clarksford, like they're going to build it from that. It's not their idea. It's our idea. And I was, man, they sold me on it and I was, I'm in. And to this day, they haven't wavered once from that, from that original sales pitch of joining their brand. Yeah. And it's, it's been so special. If, if you have an idea, they're a text message away. Yeah. Um, they will do anything to make us successful. And I think that's, mm-hmm. That's really, really special. We're we're running for people. We're not running for a brand or or some corporation. And that's to, to this day, it's it's one of the most special moments of my life is being able to represent Speedland and knowing that Kevin and Dave are like gonna text me at the finish line. 
I love, I love it. that, man. I love that. Representing people, not a brand. 100%. You were representing some people there at Fat Ox a couple of weeks ago. We're looking at our USA 24-hour national champ here, Don Reich. Tell, tell yeah. us a little bit about that experience. <laughs> it was, man, it was interesting. I've, I've always considered myself, I'm, I don't think I'm a great runner, but I'm a mentally tough runner. I'm, I've never thought I was fast, but I just don't slow down like most people do and wow. refuse to be slow mentally. <laughs> and I was like, man, what a better format to prove that than, you know, last year I did 24 hours on a manual treadmill. And this year I was like, let's, let's, let's send it on a, on a 24 hour national title. And of course for me, it was the perfect day because it poured rain for like five hours and then it got mid eighties and it was sweltering humid and it just wiltered the field. <laughs> and so, um, those are, the, those are the conditions I thrive in. Um, cause it's like, Hey man, throw all the mentally tough stuff at me and I'll just, I'll be the guy that's still rolling at the end of the day. Yeah. So, um, I will absolutely, and I'll get goosebumps saying this, maybe a little emotional. I'll never forget the moment that the USATF official walked up to me after the race and said, congratulations, you're a U.S. national champion. Dude, literally, Dude, like it up to America to the, to the day I die. That'll be a, a moment tattoo. I never forget. Yeah. Tattoo. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you, you. you mentioned that you're not allowed to wear headphones. So <laughs> yeah. No podcasts, no music, no, just no free trail pod. <laughs> like I was, and this is where I, I, I've always had mental strategies. I believe firmly that ultra runners should train mental strength training yeah. as you train, you go out and run 80, hundred mile weeks. You should be doing stuff for your mindset too. So that paid off huge. So I, I pulled all the arrows out of the quiver, uh, for 24 hours running. It was a, it was a 0.98 mile loop. Yeah. And every six hours you get to switch directions. That's about the most exciting thing you get. So it was, there was a lot of mental strategies that I deployed and just to keep moving. Yeah. Well, maybe just reveal one or two of them if you don't Yeah. Mind. So it's a lot of external stuff um, for me. Um, so one lap I'm going to dedicate it to like finding all the things that are blue. Next <laughs> lap. It's like, what's orange. Um, I count birds. I count trees. I, I literally just anything. Wow. How can you focus on anything other than uh, I'm, four hours in, I got 20 more hours to go. That's so no, it's like, Hey, I'm going to try to, I'm going to see how many rocks I can count. And, and then 12 hours later, it's like, okay, now I'm going to start naming the rocks. <laughs> and it was like, Hey Bill, dude, you get, you just kind of just lean into the loopiness of, of running for 24 hours on a loop. It is funny. I mean, in a timed format like that, it's so different than yeah. when you're running towards some kind of a finish line. And so anything to get you from looking at your watch Dude, is probably the strategy. The watch is your enemy. You do not want to watch it. And then, but at the same time, your only currency is time. Yeah. And so how you spend it is also very important. Yeah. So, and you have to be surgical with your pacing and yeah. stuff. So you have to look at it. But yeah. It's, <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, um, Clark, coming back to you, one of the things that I think is interesting, just that we could all kind of talk about here is like, you know, the trail part of this show, right? And it seems like it's really, this is my first time at TRE, but it seems like trail as a category is really matured within TRE specifically. And, you know, obviously we're a small brand, right? And at the same time, we're seeing all the big players coming out with, you know, highly technical trail running footwear now, mm -hmm. Nike, Adidas, A6, New Balance, et cetera, are all here. What do you think about the industry and category as a whole? And like, where do small brands like ours fit in the broader pie? 
Yeah, it's a really big question. I think the first way I would start is that is one of the transitions that has been obvious and intentional at TRE, for sure. Um, I mean, big shout out to American Trail Running Association, for example, and their team that have always had a stake in the ground, even if it was like the what's now I think called switchback and it was sort of trailhead and there were different names over the years but yeah. there were times where there was like a stake in the ground in the back of the room that's like we're going to talk about trail running and like let's yeah. have conversations about because it it's relevant so there was always a big passion but I think um, the globalization of trail running has been a big part of it that it's really connecting a lot more over these past years so it, it truly feels like it's growing but it's also just growing in intensity and everybody's just mm -hmm. so stoked on it um, I've been really excited to be part of a lot of different, you know, brand relationships and, and shoes that I worked on with great brands to launch in the trail space. And it's just a really articulate need of those athletes. And I think that's what the challenge is. I mean, think about it a little bit like you were talking about of staying really present. I mean, there's so much that trail running requires. And so to build products to those articulate needs, mm -hmm. I think is just a really special thing. And it's once people started understanding that if you build great products and athletes can run better and have better experiences, then that's going to grow the sport and it's going to make better experiences for everyone. Yeah. And that's the other piece. Like if you're walking around during the show right now, all across the floor, it's not like localized trail running. It's very much a part of the culture and in some ways driving the culture yeah. in some of the conversations, right? So it's interesting. Just, Maybe Don, you could chime in on this too, because like in this age where every brand wants to be in trail, you have to be different, right? And it feels like Speedland is, it stands out amid mm -hmm. this morass of brands entering the category. Anything you want to say about that, Don? What makes the shoe special? What makes it differentiated in the market? Yeah, it's not, it's not just, Copy and paste, right? There's a, everybody's trying to be different, but they're looking to their neighbor to where to start. Yeah. And that's where Kevin and Dave didn't, didn't really look to their neighbor. They just, they, I like to envision them like traveling the world and like, you know, there's picturing what the perfect shoe is when nobody tells you otherwise. And it's, it's, that's what it is. It's the, the innovation is just creative with Speedland, other than other brands where there's like, Oh, here's a design element. And I mean, now there's, there's other brands copying Speedland, um, which, you know, maybe we'll table that for another discussion. <laughs> but um, no, it's, it's Speedland's an innovator. We're the, we're the, the front of the class uh, as far as like innovation and trail. And looking back, Clark mentioned this 10 years ago, this was a road running expo and there was no innovation in trail. You had like Solomon and uh, just about it. And yeah. then Hoka had just been on the scene and they're like, who the heck is this shoe? It's a brick and nobody knew what it was. Yeah. And now it's fast forward to today. It's, there's the speed lands and a 275. And everybody's trying to be the next Hoka. Yeah. Dude, it's like, what is, what is next? And it's, and it's exciting. It's really cool because as from the athlete perspective, like maybe my, and you know, you and I are the same age, Debo, yeah. I think. And it's like, maybe our careers will go a little bit longer with the innovation with this yeah, product yeah, that yeah. can, you know, maybe take a little wear and tear off my joints here as I, as I approach 40. can only hope. <laughs> Clark, uh, maybe walk us through the product that we have on the table. This is now just going on pre-sale, maybe about a week or 10 days, maybe two weeks ago, the GS Oak, the latest commission, pick it up off the table, show sure. it to this camera oh, and just kind of give us a quick 
summary? Yeah, absolutely. So much like what Don was talking about from the athlete side of things, um, very much driven by that athlete's vision and, and their goals as a runner. So huge shout out to Liam. Uh, one of our elites on the team, um, one of his stomping grounds is Mount Diablo in Oakland. And so that's where the oak comes from. And if you watch his video, it's on Instagram, it's on his page, it's on the website, et cetera. Um, the major pieces that I love about it is he talks about the passion and emotion of running by yourself and everything that comes with that. But he also talks heavily about the community aspect as well. Yeah. And really tying those two things together is almost yin and yang of something larger and, and hugely important. So, um, yeah, I just love the fact that he was extremely bold with the colorway. We were standing in the lobby downstairs before we walked upstairs and a guy walks over yep. and he starts yeah. asking about our shoes and he's works for one of the rad retailers here. In that Austin. happens to me all like, the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I'm at a coffee so, shop or something. People come up to me. Like, what, what kind of shoes are those? Absolutely. Yeah. And this is like. Let's have a level. seat. I'll tell you. About yeah, it. I, yeah. My, my about wife it. gets it more than I do. Yeah. I don't know if I'm not approachable or something, but we'll be walking down the street wearing shoes and like a stranger yeah. will go up to my wife and be like, tell me yeah. about your shoes. Well, and you saw me, like, I immediately take my shoe off and pull yeah. the midsole out and show them the carbon yeah. fiber plate. That's like, that's what we do, right? I mean, that's that's the experience of if you're going to go out of your way to change the trajectory of your life today to come talk to us about our footwear, yeah. we're going to give you that audience and be stoked with you. Don, you're a Path Projects athlete too, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so this is interesting to talk about then because this is our first foray into collabs. And of course, this is all the rage and sneaker culture right. at this point in time and has been for a while. Talk about Path a little bit and maybe the coming together of these two independent small yeah. brands. It's a it's a small brand out of LA. Um, same same ethos, right? Like really well-made stuff for athletes, by athletes. Um, nothing you don't need. And it's just to the point as project. So it's, it's, it's pretty rad seeing the, the, the two components come together of like, Oh, purposefully built shoe mixed with very purposefully built apparel. Yeah. And it just, it allows you to run in a kit. that's just, it's everything you need, nothing you don't. And to get the most out of what you want to do. Yeah. And Clark, you're wearing the, the T that the goes yeah. project shirt. Yeah. So it has, the elevation profile and coordinates of Mount Diablo on the back, which is very cool. So shout there out you to, go. Yeah, to Oakland. For Mount Leo. Diablo, a great place to shred for our viewing audience. So. Yeah, I need to get to the Bay Area and run with you yeah, guys. You like, do, yeah, you do, buddy. Yeah, you do, especially in the wintertime. <laughs> yes, exactly. Beautiful, beautiful place to be. All right, so we're going to do a quick tease. But for our viewing audience, you can go to runspeedland.com, check out the GSO. Pre-sale is open now. We're expecting to do deliveries at the end of December, right around Christmas time. So get yourself a Christmas present or the yes. runner in your family. There you go. Clark, you're going to preview, tease a product that's coming down the line. I don't want to say too much or too little, but I think this is going to be an important thing for the viewing audience to understand mm -hmm. what's coming next from yeah, the brand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, we literally just texted um, Dave and Kevin just before this interview just to get their blessing, and they said we can show it. Um, but it is, of course, a prototype that's in testing, and this is the commission that we will be working on with Avery Collins, Silverton. Um, so this will be the SL SVT right now. You know, a lot of this stuff is kind of working structure, working names, et cetera, but um, feeling pretty confident about it. He has been shredding hard in this. And Dude, so it's in, that and all over the place, All over the world. He ran Hard Rock hard in early rock, Proto, yeah. for example. So um, definitely crushing. And um, 
this is sort I would have run Hard Rock in that if I yeah. had it. Yeah. Well, and it's it's sort of a combination of the OGSO platform with the GS. It's sort of that happy medium right there mm-hmm. in the middle. So very similar tread pattern, same tread pattern, height, lugs, etc. Um, but a little bit different structure, taking some of the learnings from uh, composition and the structure of the GS. So a little bit more cushioning in the midsole, for example, taking some of the weight. You can see some of the voids cutouts on the base as well. Um, but also yourself included had gators, aftermarket gators yeah. at Hard Rock. So that idea of essentially building in a gator into the shoe yeah. itself. Um, and what's really cool about what they've done in a very articulate way with that piece is it's so well designed that they're the pieces that need to be nice and tight and snug, but also pieces that are very tactile and mm. you know, proprioceptive for your foot. So ankle bone, that kind of thing. So no surprise the way that they create everything with intent. Can I see but, this thing sure. again? Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to emphasize for the viewing audience who's followed Speedland's journey here is that this is the next generation of the SL. So people will remember the SL PDX and the SL HSV. This is going to be the next gen SL and it's way better in my opinion, not to say that those early additions, those early products from Speedland weren't fantastic, but this is an absolutely special product, a little bit more cushioning on it. A little bit lower to the ground, but still a bomber, durable shoe you could run hard rock in. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's the that's the um, sort of operative piece on better. For example, for me, is it's just a different different weapon in the quiver, and yeah. it's, it's probably a little bit wider spread for a mileage. For example, like if, yeah, for someone who would want to be able to run something like a hard rock in this, definitely. Um, but I would say that you know the OG was that idea of what is the best possible trail runner for any type of trail running? And that was really the intent. I've been doing a ton of racing in HSV, for example, so I'm a big fan of that. But in this case, it's like I said, it's bringing that harmony of both of the aggressive technical aspect of the original SL, but then the longer mileage abilities with yeah. the GS. So, yeah, it's a it's an amazing weapon for sure. When's the Dawn Commission? TBD. TBD. Well, we're going to do something special. Okay. Well, we'll have to all get together for that. (laughs) Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on the show, previewing the product. It's been fun to at least hang out a little bit here over the last couple of days. Good luck in Arizona. Rep the brand proudly down there with the Air Viper crew. Always. Don, what's next for you? Um, fingers crossed on the lotteries this weekend. Yes. Um, and then, and then we'll decide either way. I need a hard rock qualifier this year again. If, uh, and then I'll do another 24 this year for, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to make a run at the, the U S world team in 2025 world championships for So you hours. mean like in the end of 2023, you're doing another 24 hours? No, yeah. no, no. Sometime in 24. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm, I'm on my off season right now. Yeah, okay. My little window of <laughs> real, I had a lot of so long races this year. Well learned, man. When yeah. you're a national champ, you should be able to kick back Cheers. and relax a little bit. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Thanks guys. So appreciate you coming in. Yeah. Thanks, man. And thanks. And also I want to say shout out to the crew. Yeah. This has been Behind one of my scenes. favorite, like the whole idea of listening to free trail while yeah. I'm out on the trails. That's a real thing. Appreciate I just want you, to buddy. say thanks for everything you're doing here. It's awesome. Love it. Appreciate that so much. Sure. 
This episode is brought to you by Ketone IQ. I am not joking when I say Ketone IQ has changed the Bowman household for the better. My wife Harmony and I started testing this product earlier in 2023 and it has become a subject of almost daily conversation. The thing that is amazing is how helpful it is across both sport and especially lifestyle applications. I take a shot before all my workouts and long runs and definitely feel a deeper level of endurance energy and especially mental focus though i have nothing but my own subjective experience to back this up i have a hypothesis that it actually makes me a little bit mentally tougher which i absolutely need right now similarly ketone iq has really helped me to cut back on my caffeine intake while increasing focus and clarity during my long work days it's like you got the mental energy of coffee without the inevitable come down or caffeine crash ketone iq has been a legitimate game changer we couldn't recommend it enough visit hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30 to get 30 percent off your first subscription hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30 okay we are back good morning austin my name is dylan bowman we are joined by two of our friends from strava tim myers larissa rivers welcome to the show great Great to be here. Yeah, great to be here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, what an amazing product and what an amazing legacy of this brand. I feel like, you know, I was using Strava before it was ubiquitous globally. Larissa, you gave me my first GPX watch so that I could actually use the platform. You're one of the longest tenured employees <laughs> of the brand. Maybe first just introduce yourself and your history with Strava. Sure. Um, my name is Larissa Rivers. I... I'm on the partnerships team at Strava, which is us trying to get more people to use the platform as possible and really utilize it in a way that, you know, creates the kind of environment we want to have on the platform, motivating, inspiring, really positive community building platform. I started at Strava as what I think was the first person that was like really specifically focused on run. We had launched the app, the run app. We had two different apps at that time in 2000, the end of 2011, um, and I was brought on to just bring more community members on it, which is why I gave you the watch. Like I was giving, like given a handful of watches and like, tell people how Strava works, kind of be the time of my space, follow them all when they join Strava and like make them understand that there's this social capacity there. And over time, I've obviously grown out of that role, but it hasn't really changed um, that much. Um, just that we now have millions of runners on the platform, tens of millions of runners on the platform versus like a couple thousand when yeah, I started. Didn't we, you just hit a hundred million users this year? Something like that? A uh, hundred million a couple of years ago. Yeah, we, yeah. Had to, we just don't talk about the okay. numbers anymore. Okay. Um, so we we're, don't like, we don't like the brags. Yeah. We're 110 million plus <laughs> according to our Point is, external decks. 12 year veteran. Yes. What's it? I, I, I guess it's sort of been a theme of our shows over the last couple of days. We've spoken to a lot of people coincidentally who've been in their jobs or at their companies for a decade plus. What has made Strava the place to be for you? What's made it home for such a long period of time? Why is it a great place to work? I mean, I think at the 10,000 foot level, we motivate and inspire people to move their bodies and there's nothing that makes me happier than like helping people achieve a goal, whether that's like running their first 5k or running a hundred miler or, you know, getting out for a daily walk because it helps their mental health. Like that's the kind of thing that makes me excited to work for a company like that. I would couple that with, you know, Tim who's here too, has been here for five years and I've been here for a long time. There's been a lot of change 
almost <laughs> annually. And I'm the kind of person that thrives on that. Like what's next? I'm constantly learning new things. At Strava, I work with brilliant people, kind people, really fun to work with people. And I think that's really been the secret sauce. I think there's like some random Scott Galloway quote that your loyalty shouldn't be to a business. It should be the people. And I think that that's really true of how Strava operates. Strava inspires people to move their bodies and Larissa Rivers also inspires people <laughs> to move their bodies. You should follow her on Strava. You will be inspired. Mother of three, just <laughs> dominating you. the Chicago marathon. Tim, yes. introduce yourself to the audience. What do you do? What's your role? How long you've been in, at Strava? Yeah. Hi everyone. I'm Tim Myers, a product manager at Strava. So I'm responsible for helping teams of people, these good people Larissa was talking about, uh, build products for our end user. And so we do, we, you know, my role is to kind of like look out into the market, look out in that space, um, see what could help motivate, see what could help drive activity, bring that back, and, and then build it. And so actually, yeah, I started five years ago and actually started in business partnerships. So my goal was to help connect brands and the users together to help drive value there and then kind of moved into the competition and community space. And so since then, it's been really about how do you help our athletes out in the world better connect and find motivation from each other. And then that really drives towards the mission and the vision. And, and, and a huge plus one on what keeps you at Strava is really that connection to we are, we are doing something good, which when you kind of look out into the business world, sometimes that can be challenging to find. It's so funny too. And if you look at the analogs in sort of the social uh, category, more or less, Strava is the one platform where you know you're going to go and be inspired and have like a positive experience. And maybe Larissa, this would be a good question for you as somebody who works in partnerships. You know, typically on a lot of these social platforms, those partnerships come in the form of like direct ads in a lot of cases. And there's ways in which brands can effectively leverage the platform to engage a consumer, but it's not in the way that a lot of social channels work. Maybe talk about that, how that's evolved and maybe like what the values are with Strava around that. Yeah. One of the things we really focused on probably the last two years is accelerating our move to be a platform. So not, you know, a brand that helps you track your runner rides, but really the place where you can connect with the right people, with the right brands, with the right groups that are going to inspire and motivate you. We tell brands all the time, like the reason people are coming to Strava is because they are trying to get inspired, motivated, or get kudos after the run that they did. I mean, I always say it extends the runner's high. And as a brand, as a creator, as a club organizer, you know the audience that you're getting. You get higher visibility, higher engagement, because we're not in the ads platform business. Yes, we do have a pay-to-play service with our challenges, but we're more in service to the athlete. And so if you join a club and you want their content, you're going to get it in your feed. If you follow Dylan Bowman and you want to get his content, you're going to get your content and you get to see all that stuff in real time. And so we're really trying to help connect the athletes to what motivates and inspires them and make Strava a more fun place to be so that whenever you go there, you want to get out the door or go to the gym or celebrate a moment that, um, you've seen on the platform. Being here at TRE, it's a unique opportunity probably to engage with partners whatever you can reveal about conversations you've been having or networking that you've been doing and, and how you're 
you know, what brands, footwear and apparel brands are thinking about using the platform to engage the audience and a consumer? Yeah. So one of the reasons that we thought the running event would be a really good platform for us, and Tim was on a panel earlier today, is that a lot of retailers are actually using Strava clubs as a way to create community around their store and ultimately bring people back to the store, buying things, creating loyalty around the store. I think Ted Knutson, who bought SFRC from my husband and I, really talked about how it's not this automatic thing that happens. Like you create a weekly run, people come back. He's like, with the Strava Club, we're able to make sure that people know when our events are happening, celebrate others who are doing the ride, like the runs, bring them back into the store. And he's like, and we built that loyalty over time. They're not like points in time. And so the Strava Club really helps you to do that. And that's what Tim's been working on really closely. Yeah, I might add to that too, if you don't mind. So, you know, there's like this authenticity component to Strava. Like what shows up on the platform is often because you did something, you like recorded an activity, you went out and did something with some friends. And I think what the brands are seeing on our platform is it's it's not something where you can just come and just like pay money and accelerate your growth. We talked about this at the panel. We want to see sustainable growth in communities. Mm. We want to see sustainable growth in brands and businesses. And it actually comes through like everybody kind of sweating it out together. And so when they come on the platform, they can start creating content. But we say like, don't just make the content something glossy. Actually make it about the athletes, the users who are out there doing things and tell that story. And it's going to be much more meaningful. And you can even back it with like, and here's the activity they did. Go give them a kudo. That's a fundamentally different system than I think what you see throughout the rest of the social ecosystem in which anything can kind of be made up and it, and it goes from there. So say a little bit more about groups and the momentum behind it, the priority that it's seeing from a management level at Strava. Right. So uh, starting this year, we had a conversation around how do we really, you know, accelerate some of the key components of the platform? And you have everything, you know, we have like a, a routing technology where you can get routes. We have things like the feed where there's kudos, all these kind of different parts of the, the stack. But one of the things we looked at is there are groups today on the platform, there are organizers today on the platform, and they are doing the good work of bringing people together, bringing them to Strava and creating motivation. And how do we serve them, right? How do we really help enable them so that when they're doing that work, uh, they can kind of scale it up in, in an easy way. And then we just start to see more of these like diverse communities all over the place, like popping up and doing this amazing work. And like, we know we can't do it all, right? Mm -hmm. We can try to do little things to like, change growth in these different areas, but it's actually best when they do it on the ground. And so a lot of our investments this year have been helping that community uh, be able to more effectively do this work. And then when they do it, then they, they help their members do, like, do the good work of like getting out and having activity. And so we've seen this cool groundswell by literally just saying like, we are here to help and we can do that through technology. We can also do it through teaching. Like we have like guidance and we have like different ways that we can help these community organizers like on the panel today, just simply think about how do you get started? How do you go from there? And we're continuing. So like a whole another set of investments this year, exciting stuff to talk about. But yeah, we're really, really committed to the space. So before we get to the exciting thing to talk about that you're going to be sort of revealing here on the show, Larissa said that you, Tim, were the pioneer of the local legend oh, yes. designation. And I'm a proud uh, holder of a few local <laughs> legend titles around where I live as somebody who has a hard time securing any CRs anymore. It gives me a lot of pride. Where did that insight come from? Because it feel, felt like a pretty cool evolution. For sure. And I'll, I'll I'll always start off by saying that like I am just a part of a team that brings things like this to the market. And so the insight from this was when we were thinking about like how do we can extend what what how segment competition works today, right? So we know we have our leaderboard, there's lots of competition there. 
what people were really saying, like, I want another way to compete as I'm like maybe like aging out or just in a different, different part of life or a different uh, thought process. And we said, what if it was about rigor and habit and just the people who just like get out there day after day? And we wanted to make a game that was somewhat perpetual. So I always say like the beauty of this game is it's, it's like 90 days and it's always rolling. So you're always kind of like losing those efforts. Someone else is catching up on you. And the community you start to see form around the local legends is just like unbelievable. There's like all these like wild competitions. There was this one story about an individual like letting another person have the local legend on their birthday, put a sign on their car that said, you can have it today. And then they took it back the next day. <laughs> it, was, it was so good. It was unbelievable. And, and it's just like, it's been so cool. There's even like memes. I mean, it's just like, it's like so cool to see that kind of thing happen. So I think like that's, that is the thing that we keep thinking about is like, we know we want to continue to support like that, that, that core early user who is competing on the leaderboards, but we also want to support like this new community. And from that, like beautiful things happen. So yeah, very, that was a very cool product and glad to see it's still out there. Very cool. All right. So tell us the exciting news <laughs> that we have to embargo till Monday. Yeah. You can date on Strava. Yeah, ex yeah exactly. You can now date on Strava. No. So, um, yeah, as a, this, I mean, this is very exciting. I, I'm like, have like uh, butterflies talking about it cause we've been working on this for a while. So one of our goals is continue to help, you know, uh, our athletes like be able to connect, right? We call it connect coordinate, celebrate the activity. And so how can we do that, right? We've been asking people for a long time, how do we do this? And what I keep coming back with is like, I want a way to be able to like communicate on the platform that's easier than comments, easier than posts. And so we said, great, like that starts to sound like a messaging capability, right? And so we've been actively working on this. Uh, by the time this podcast is out, it'll have been shipped, but we are gonna be shipping uh, uh, Strava messaging, which is both uh, direct and group messaging. So the ability to like reach out to other people inside of your network. Uh, and then as a one-on-one, -on -one, and then also the ability to create like a group conversation. It was like super slick about it is you'll be able to like easily share like routes and activities into it. So it's all utilizing like the core uh, parts of our platform to be able to bring that together so people can like plan activities and go. Um, and we're also trying to build it to be really safe. And so like we have like all these kind of controls that you can like really be in control of that experience while also having it be, be a lot of fun. So, so cool. So DMing on Strava, go check it out as soon as you listen to the show. I'd love to talk about trail specifically before we wind down here. Obviously, we're trail people here. Being at Camp Strava in May, one of the coolest things in that you know full day experience was the presentation of FatMap and its integration into Strava. And I have to say, I now use the mapping feature a ton on my mobile device. And one of the things that I talked about because I did a panel there during Camp Strava is just like the heat map feature alone, just being such a breakthrough and such like a visual representation of community because I use the example of being in Hawaii and not knowing where to run and you just pull up the heat map. And then it's like a digital community enlightening you where to go. But that's like not even the tip of the iceberg in terms of fat map and what that brings to the product. I know, I don't know how much you guys have involvement into it, but would love to open the floor to, you know, the mapping and the, the, what parts of the product are specific to trail runners in our audience? Yes. Yeah, so one of the um, things that we introduced last year was the fat map, um, like 3d mapping. It's a much better than ours. They actually like use a full stack mapping capability. So it's kind of like built from the ground up um, and we'll be integrating more of their technology into the Strava platform. Fat map will still remain a separate app. If people haven't downloaded it, if you have a Strava subscription, you get a fat map subscription. Um, we're heading into the winter months. And so fat map becomes really cool because they actually do avalanche, um, 
prediction. So for people who are backcountry skiing, anyway, that's my fat mat plug. It's an amazing, amazing product, but we're going to be like pulling a lot of the functionality that makes sense for endurance athletes into the product. Um, we're launching flyovers or we launched flyovers. Yeah. Flyovers is out, uh, I believe on Android and it's coming on iOS. And so it's like everyone's favorite feature of you can relive or, uh, yep. your experience uh, on the map. And one of the other things that we've recently done, which I think is more relevant for event organizers and um, some of the community organizers in the space is custom points of interest that you can add, you know, aid stations or viewpoints or things like that, that you can then embed the route into your race page, which is dynamic. It can actually like connect to your club if you're building your club on Strava. So there's this whole like really cool event community ecosystem around maps that we're really trying to lean into. I think there's talk of like, how do you have route collections and suggested routes? And we're it, the route capabilities are really coming into more aspects of Strava versus it just being the maps tab. Right. And I would say too, like what's cool about bringing our two companies together is you have people who are super passionate about maps and routing from, from two different spaces coming together. And that's been like really great to see like kind of the collaboration and the ideas that come out of that. And so like, I think what we'll continue to see like this year and the next year is like the map is just going to get better and better and better. A lot more like just the information layers you can get uh, on top of the routing technology on top of like the things that we can do there. So I think like that bringing those two groups together was incredibly important. And uh, yeah. And then also we now have an office in Chamonix, yeah, which is that's, not, that's really not, not so bad. Not so bad. <laughs> yeah, do many offsites. I'm sure. <laughs> Larissa, I'd love to hear, you know, because it feels to me like the product is such a, a valuable piece of like any athlete's um, repertoire, more or less. But, you know, it feels like, you know, as a marketer, you're probably constantly looking at ways where you can find growth opportunities. And it must be somewhat saturated, especially in like the very serious athlete community. So say a bit about that. Like, where are yeah. you seeing channels for growth? Funny enough, the U.S. is our biggest opportunity market. Uh. So we have roughly 18% of the population of the United Kingdom on Strava. This is not 18% of active people in the United Kingdom. 18% uh. of human beings that live in the United Kingdom are mm -hmm. on Strava. In the U.S., it's somewhere between 2 and 3%. And that's not because people in the U.K. are wildly more active uh. than people in the United States of America. It's literally that we don't have a lot of awareness of the product. So within our world, everyone knows what Strava is. It right. feels ubiquitous. I live in Boulder and I have mom friends who run five days a week who have never heard of the platform. And I'm, I'm shocked as to why, um, but there's a huge opportunity within the US. I mean, the other thing within the US is that we have a higher subscription rate of Americans. They tend to pay for subscriptions as part of, you know, I think our... We probably all have like 15 subscriptions <laughs> yeah. um, on our monthly uh, bills. But um, so that has become a really core focus of ours from a marketing perspective. And I would say like the areas that we are finding at least more opportunity into start is sort of the coast and then the mountains. Uh, maybe final as we wrap, wrap up here, Tim, I don't know if there's anything you want to add to that, but Larissa touched on subscription, right? And I, I think it's important to note like that that is the driver of the brand. And it's that is very different from every other network uh, on the internet, more or less. And it's, I think, what makes it special. And I think oftentimes it's 
hard for a consuming audience to see that and be like, oh, I've got to pay for something. But really, you do get what you pay for. If, you, if there's anything you want to say about you know, the value proposition of that subscription, anything else that's going to be sort of coming down the pipeline that you're excited about from a product perspective to leave the audience with? Right, for sure. And, and it's funny, I have this conversation with my friends all the time because they say, oh, I work at Strava, they go Strava and this and that and the paywall and things of that nature. And I think what's important at the end of the day is, you know, we all have to ask ourselves the question as consumers, like what do we want to support, right? What kind of businesses do we want to support? So when you buy something, uh, you are showing support to that business in a way. And we think about that with our subscribers, like they're not only receiving value from us, like we always say, like the best of Strava is in the subscription, but they're also supporting like our mission and our vision. And so I, I feel like I always want to say like, you're, you're buying into this idea of like where we all want to go together. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we are actively working, I think in a few ways, one to better educate the value that, that's inside the subscription. So people are very clear on that. And we're also building uh, many, many new functionality and different items that will continue to add value there. So I think yeah. if, if you're not a subscriber, I think it's one of those things, go check it out. There's a lot of good stuff there. But also if you are like a huge thanks and just know that we think about you daily and we really are building towards more and more value in that space. Um, and that we are, again, thankful that you're on this, this, this journey with us. Am I right to assume that it would be a lot easier to just splash ads all over? Correct. Yep. And that's something that we've... Tried very Resisted. hard not, like, but because, and, and Michael said this, and I, you probably heard it on like other podcasts before, but if you're not paying for the service, you are the product. Yeah. And so in our world, it's like, we want to give you value through the subscription features, which is progress and training and mapping capabilities and competition. Like mm -hmm. there's some social features added to the, um, to the subscription, but we mostly want to keep that community aspect. Like people make people active as part of your Strava why, but the subscription becomes more about like you and the things that you can do. Um, and there's, there's a lot of value in, um, in the Strava subscription that to Jim's point, you probably don't know about, you get access to recover yeah. athletics and, and <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Too I mean, full. that alone is worth the price. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I think they're like, to Jim's point, I think sometimes we find through our own data that, subscribers that we have joined because they have brand affinity to Strava that by like being a Strava subscriber, it says something about like who they are oh, yeah. um, as a person. And we, we love that, but we also want to like continue to build value yeah. for those people who are super loyal. One stat I like recently heard is that we have an incredibly tenured subscription pipeline. Like we have people who've been paying for the subscription for over eight years. Yeah regularly. Um, and I think that just says a lot about like what the value that they're seeing in it. I mean, it's and, such a great product. It's such a great you. product and it's thank so you. underpriced from my perspective. So, and <laughs> Ooh, I, I have, I'm still designated a professional athlete. I need to get rid of that designation and start freaking paying for my subscription. <laughs> anyway, I appreciate you guys both for coming in. Congratulations on all that you guys have built on this amazing platform. 12 years of tenure, the inventor yes. of the local legends <laughs> and driving a lot of the product. Uh, look, Looking forward to sharing the conversation with the listeners so we can all DM each other. Yeah, DM all us right. on Strava. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Thank Thanks you. for Thank Larissa. This episode is brought to you by Gnarly Nutrition and the Orange Drink, the collaborative drink mix between Free Trail and our good friends at Gnarly. The Orange Drink is a new formula of Gnarly's flagship drink mix, the Fuel 2.0. Loaded with everything you need to keep you well-fueled and well-hydrated, the Orange Drink comes with an increased sodium concentration. You know me. 
self-proclaimed electrolyte evangelist. This Fuel 2O formula is my perfect trail elixir. The delicious salted orange flavor is both sweet and salty, the perfect combination to prevent taste fatigue and keep your appetite high, no matter how long you're running. The biggest bonus, Free Trail Signpost logo and my big goofy face are both printed on the packaging. One of the coolest examples of true collaboration my entire career. Visit gonarly.com, use code FREETRAIL15 on the orange drink or any of their other incredible products, BCAAs, performance greens, protein powders, collagen, creatine, they make it all and I use it all. So go check it out, gonarly.com, use code FREETRAIL15. Okay, welcome back here to TRE, our Wednesday show brought to you by Boa Technologies. My name is Dylan Bowman, joined today by my friend, Monica DeVries, the Hello. founder of Rabbit Apparel. Monica, nice to see you. Good to see you guys. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. <laughs> and I I think one of the things that makes you interesting is that, I mean, you've been in the industry for such a long time, but both as a specialty retailer with the Santa Barbara Running Company and owning your own brand with Rabbit, in what capacity are you joining us today? What capacity are you joining the, the show this week? I It's a little bit of both, yeah. to be honest. I like, uh, you know, obviously here to support my team and all of our amazing customers. Um, but then, of course, I got to, you know, scout out all the new cool stuff for our shop. And I know one thing I do know about you is that you're a gear person mm -hmm. who kind of studies <laughs> the marketplace. I don't know if you want to say anything about the, the things you've noticed so far or trends that maybe you're thinking about personally. Yeah, I haven't gotten to go out on the floor yet and, yeah. and uh, snoop around, so I might have to come back to that. Yeah, okay. But so. we're always just looking, right? Anything that uh, just differentiates us, um, you know, to, allows us to tell stories to bring customers into the store, yeah. you know, anything buzzworthy like that, we're always, we're always looking for. So let's talk about the entrepreneurial journey. You were on the show. My podcast, it's probably been two and a half years at this point, so. maybe more than that. Mm -hmm. And as I've mentioned a few times on my show, you're somebody who I draw a lot of inspiration <laughs> from. Oh. How have things been just in general with the brand before we talk about the specifics? Yeah, I would say since the last time we spoke, it's kind of cool. Like I feel like the turbulence in my life is, is settling in terms of just... Um, I, we've, I have an amazing team that um, Jill and I have built around us. So it feels really good to get out of the weeds a little bit. Yeah. You know, I still love being in the weeds. I do. I, I really enjoy the grind. Um, but that that's felt really good. Like feeling like I can be more strategic and forward thinking. Um, of course, we still have the daily fires to put out. But um, I feel like I've been able to distance myself a little bit more from those, from those circumstances. So that, that feels good. We were at dinner last night with a few other business owners in the space. And somebody said, you need to work on the business, not in the business. Yes, Does that perfect. resonate with you? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, that's it. So I will say I feel like, yes, I can work on the business a little bit more than last time we chatted. <laughs> so last time you were on the show, I remember you said something about how you viewed your personal strength as being, you know, a, an analyst, being very analytical, being deep in the spreadsheets and understanding, mm -hmm. you know, the financial, reading the P&L and things like that, which mm -hmm. I think don't come naturally to a lot of people. 
You just mentioned Jill also, who I don't know uh-huh. personally. How do you, what's her superpower and how do they balance out between your analytical I, nature? <laughs> so Jill is an attorney. She's not a practicing attorney yeah. per se anymore. But I would say we balance each other out really well because I'm probably like the um, ambiguous about a lot of things and she can be very direct and centered and make just, I I, I can just be all over the place, right? Or um, maybe this, maybe that. And she can just be very direct. Just decisive. Yes, yeah. decisive. Um, I would say... I'm the big risk taker, right? I'm all, we're doing that. Come on, like legal. (laughs) So like from that standpoint, it's good, right? Because she can rein me in a little bit on those things. Um, I would say Jill, like she's really good at branding. Um, She's really good at product, Mm -hmm. you know? So I, I would say, I feel like I'm good at those things too, but like the operation piece, the kind of, culture piece, um, the finance piece, the selling, like I love to pitch and sell, you know? So yeah, I think it's very (laughs) well-rounded. You mentioned, you know, that part of this important, I guess, new chapter is building out the team. Mm -hmm. I wondered if that's been hard for you to let go of some of the nitty gritty and allow to delegate and allow other people to take initiative. For sure. I mean, I think you, you, it's something I've definitely had to work on, you know, just a, a skill set as a professional, you know, and having that trust. And, but I think also like recognizing, because I, I never ever in all of my career wanted to be micromanaged, you know, so it's like, I'm pretty darn sure my people don't want to be micromanaged. Now, there's different work styles, right? Like some, some people do want a list and they want it very clear and defined of what their role is and their day to day. Um, but I would say, yeah, it's like trusting, you got to trust your people and just really lean into that. And, um, I think also just being like communication, right. And yes, I'm not in the, in it, but I'm making sure like we're all aligned, like constantly checking in, I guess, and making mm-hmm. sure there's alignment um, has been, you know, that's critical. Yeah. I need you to coach me up. <laughs> Your name came up on the podcast very recently oh, with boy. Eric Sensman. Okay. <laughs> so I, I'm sure the audience would love to hear your side of that story. He obviously had nothing but very positive things to say about you and his time with Rabbit. Of course, Eric Sensman, for those who don't know, just announced his retirement from mm-hmm. professional trail running. He was somebody who meant a lot to the brand. Say a few words about that experience and you know what uh, what it's been like to work with Eric. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a gem. You know, he's one of my faves. Just a just an amazing human. And I think it was really just serendipitous, um, just how the relationship began and how it evolved. You know, he was with us, I think right when we launched our first trail capsule. Um, and he really just, I feel like we grew together, um, in terms of just obviously creating the product, um, but the community, um, for the trail community. And he just, I don't know, it was just one of those things where he 
he just fit the brand, whatever that means. Yeah. You know, it was just um, the the culture. Um, just I think he was. We kind of you know he's always sort of the underdog, right? Yeah. And and everyone wants to root for the underdog. And he brought that to the brand and people, the consumer just loved, loved it, loved him. It was, he's very relatable. I think that is such a good way to put it, you know, rooting for the underdog yeah. a little bit. Yep. Yeah. And, in what he would, I think it just, it made I feel like his performances, like people could see themselves in that. Right. Totally. Um, and so I think that just all of his, just all of his triumphant racing and um yeah i think it just it just made it feel doable and like you can achieve your dreams yeah. if you work hard well i'm sure it's bittersweet to see him move on to other things but as we were saying on the podcast and as you and i just talked about before we started recording what he said was that he could have come back he knew that he had your support mm -hmm. if he wanted to continue his professional athletic journey and that it, it was his choice and what a great luxury it is yeah. to, to have that support. Maybe say anything else you want to say about the athlete strategy and in what way it's important for rabbit. And also one of the things I really want you to speak about is the rad rabbit team and the community you've built around mm -hmm. your brand, because I feel like just as an external observer that you guys have done that as well or better than anybody else in the space as a small Mm -hmm. as a small player in the game. Yeah. 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 I think it's really interesting what's happening, I guess, call them the top tier level of athletes and how that is evolving, you know, with social media and I, it is evolving. It's like, I, I think what part of what Eric did well was he kind of built his own brand per se. I know, I know it was a struggle for Eric personally to you know, he just didn't enjoy social media and that's not for everyone. Um, you know, so I definitely think like when you look at the top tier, especially for a small brand like rabbit, you know, we're, we're not in a position to be paying big salaries. Right. So you really have to bring other, for us, you have to bring other areas of expertise to the business. Like mm -hmm. how are you going to impact our business in other ways other than just performance? Um, so I would say like for us, that is very important. It doesn't have to be active on social media. Um, there's other things where we engage with our athletes and like, for example, Eric, he's an amazing writer, you know, so we would have him help us with, write, you know, anything that was, um, analog, um, that where a story needed to be told, he would help us with yeah. those things. So I think for, you know, for us, that's, sort of where we see it for that top, um, level of athlete, like, um, yeah, you got to perform, but there's got to be another added benefit. The blog that he wrote about his retirement decision that was posted on yes. your website yeah. is a, a beautiful one. Maybe we yeah. can find the link and post it in the show notes. And then, and then, yeah, I think like, so then we have our elite level athletes, which, um, you know, you have to apply. We have certain time standards. It's, it is very performance based and it's, you know, that athlete that is trying to sort of make it to the next level. Um, so we have a program that um, supports those. We have a trail program and then a road program. And there's about like, around 30 athletes on each of those teams. Wow. Um, actually, I think the trail has more. It's closer to 50. 
Um, yeah. And then our rad rabbit program, we have like 1100 athletes on that, on that team. And that, you know, as I've mentioned before, they're like the gold mine of information for the company. (laughs) I mean, they really are. You want to know anything. Um, You've got an instant cross section of the marketplace. I'm I'm like, what do we need to fix on this short? Let's ask the rad rabbits. Wow. What a great resource that is. Yeah. You just mentioned the brand being exposed to both the trail and the road Mm -hmm. categories within running. And knowing you personally, I know you enjoy both and you you participate (laughs) in competitions in both trail and road. How's that break out in terms of like, you know, what's the priority within the brand, you know, whatever you can reveal Mm -hmm. about, you know, um, you know, percentages of revenue or marketing spend or things like that, that are, more practical. I'm sure people would love to hear how you guys think about the two and bringing them both together. Yeah. I mean, the nature of just, I mean, I feel like geography and, um, people in this, you know, in trail running, just the number of people, you know, so it's definitely, I think I, I would have to go back. I, I don't want to throw out a number cause I'm not a hundred percent sure on the exact percentage, but it do, I mean, we. it's a small number of SKUs in our line compared to the rest of the line, but it I, it's our highest sell-through, mm. quickest, like, so then I'm like, oh, are we not making... I see not? your brand everywhere, you know, and I'm only a trail runner, right. basically. It, so. No, I, I have to tell you, so I was at, let's see, I was at Leadville, and I, I was at Leadville, I don't know, five years ago. So I was there in August, and I was supporting Phil Shin, who is um, one of our rad rabbits. He had a liver transplant, mm. and so he was attempting to do Leadville. But yeah, I was blown away. You know, <laughs> I was blown away how how many people were wearing it. And then, of course, we sponsor Havelina, and that's like. I'm pretty sure it's like one out of three people have that's something. Where, that's where I think I really noticed it. Right? Yeah. I was like, wow, there's tons I, of rabbit hair. Yeah. What's that feel like for you as a founder who <laughs> obviously like this idea was probably born and over a, you know, a coffee or on a run mm-hmm. with Jill. And now it, you see one out of three people at Havelina wearing like it. It's like one of the coolest feelings. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> even like this morning, Jill and I are running on the, the river path and it, you're like, it still feels cool. You're like, wait, yeah. Was that our shirt? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it feels feels good. It's cool. Amazing. It's still wild. I mean, last year my I, um, so my brother did his first trail. He did the night race at Havelina, and they came and I met them there, and they were they couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. So coming back to your experience in retail too, Mm -hmm. I I think this is, you know, obviously a a show that really celebrates specialty retailers. What's the dynamic among the independent shop owners? What's, uh, you know, are people emerging from COVID in a more healthy way? Because I know that was sort of existential for a lot of shops, probably including yours. Yeah. I think the big kind of theme that I'm still hearing is and I think everyone's digging out of it was the over inventory. Yep. Like everyone, you know, running survived COVID and flourished yep. in COVID. And it created a lot of um, oversupply basically because the demand and 
Which has happened in all sports. I know cycling's dealt with the same yep. thing. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that, I think going into, you know, everyone here is mainly buying for fall 24. So people are still like, you know, at, earlier in the year, it was like, yeah, we're going to buy spring tight. And now people are still, I think, being pretty conservative um, with fall and just all of 2024 as they're doing their planning and budgeting. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the theme that I'm hearing. Um, so coming back to Rabbit then, mm -hmm. what sorts of products are you guys selling in for fall 24? I'm sure, I don't know if, how much you're able to sell, but I'm sure being here at TRE, it's important to to bring things to show to the specialty retailers for to sure. get people excited. And we have like, I've, since we started the brand, I wanted to do it a little bit differently in terms of how we have our sales force and it's small and tight and mighty. And so this is a great opportunity for us to get in front of the customer and, you know, you know, got, got to touch and feel and um, yeah, so we're very booked, but I, I would say for fall we're you know, for us, it's like, and I think we've done a pretty good job of it overcoming, um, you know, with the consumer that we're not just this California brand that only knows how to, to make clothing for the warm climates. Mm. Um, so really the last few years for us, fall has been like, you know, putting the stake in the ground that like, yeah, we know. Is that more tights and jackets? Yeah. And, and just like more protective gear and, uh, thermal, you know, warming and yeah. So all of that, like for us is sort of the big focus and then the visibility piece, um, you know, once it gets the time changes and it's dark and you're running in the pitch black in yeah. the morning and at night. We swung by your booth today. We didn't have a lot of time to check out the product, but we said hello to Kevin. Oh, he was sitting there Aww. working, working hard. You'll be glad oh, yeah. to know. But you have a Volkswagen uh -huh. van yep, parked at your there. Little, little station there. Uh, maybe sort of wrapping things up, like what are like coming here to TRE, what are sort of your personal priorities here? Like who are the people that you're seeking out and, and what's important for Rabbit to do here in order to have an impact in the marketplace? Yeah. I mean, me personally, like I, you know, I've been in the industry. Oh God, I don't, I don't even know how long, but it's always fun to just see old colleagues and friends. And then um, from the Rabbit perspective, you know, just like really, having gratitude for our customers um, that we're currently doing business with. You know, this is a time where we can really have those face-to-face -face conversations. Um, so it's always about, you know, what can we do better? Listening, um, and just trying to learn and grow. And and then, of course, you know, I got to get in there and sell a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Maybe final, final question. I, I recall just uh, last summer... I guess two summers ago now, watching you finish the Western States 100. I know you did Boston this spring. What are you, what are yeah. you currently training for right now? It's so sad. I don't know. I signed up for Boston again. I'm being talked into, um, it's eight weeks away, which is a little frightening, the U.S. cross-country champs. Awesome. They're, I think, Isn't January like 20th in Virginia. Tampa? Oh, Virginia. Virginia. And, yeah. uh, in Rich, is it Richmond? I think, yeah. Fun. So we'll see. 
I'm like, I can't remember the last time I laced up a pair of spikes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what a cool thing. I mean, as somebody who has been in the industry for a long time and now own multiple businesses with the industry that still being enjoying it and running everything from a cross country (laughs) race to the Boston Marathon to the Western States 100. Beautiful thing. We'll see. <laughs> well, Monica, it's a privilege to, to have you on the show. It's awesome to see what you've built with Rabbit. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Good to see you guys. Best of TRE, number one. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks to Clark, Don, Tim, Larissa, and Monica for their awesome contributions to the sport and their awesome contributions to the show. Free Trail Pro members, please do let me know what you thought of this format. Like I said, it was a bit of an experiment. Uh, might feel a little bit niche, but my hope is that this sort of a 30,000 foot view of the sport is fun to listen to. Let me know in Slack. Big thank you to our sponsors. Of course, Speedland, runspeedland.com. Use code FREETRAIL10 for 10% off this great footwear. Gnarly Nutrition, go gnarly.com. Use code FREETRAIL15 for 15% off the great nutrition products, including the orange drink. And Ketone IQ, get 30% off your first subscription of Ketone IQ by visiting hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30 and of course this was all presented by boa technology so visit boafit.com to check out all the great products that boa was instrumental in creating from scratch and whose product they very much enhance thanks everyone for listening i hope you guys enjoyed the episode we're going to probably drop one or two more of these best of episodes this week so stay locked and loaded we'll talk to you again soon bye-bye